The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. Well, welcome everybody again to 2018. Today we are beginning a new sermon series together, and the series is obviously called Rich. And the title for the series, as well as actually everything we're going to talk about together over the next several weeks, it actually comes from something that the Apostle Paul wrote, and he wrote this to a young pastor by the name of Timothy. And he actually told Timothy this. He said, Command those who are rich in this present life not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope and wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, one of the reasons why I, I love that verse so much is, is because, you know, here in the United States, all of us, the truth is all of us are rich, although none of us really think that we're rich. In fact, in fact, if you're actually here this morning and you have a household income of $40,000 or more per year, then that actually puts you in the top 5% of wage earners in the entire world. Isn't that awesome? I, I thought you'd, you know, be like jumping for joy at that, like... You didn't know you were that rich. Maybe this will help. If you have a household income, household income, okay, household income of $50,000 or more, then you are actually in the top 1% of wage earners in the entire world. Isn't that amazing? Didn't you always want to be a one percenter? Aren't you excited? Yeah, me neither. See, and the reason why, the reason why when we hear that, the reason why, you know, even though the truth is all of us, or most of us, we have jobs, most of us, we have income, and even though when we hear that, the reason we don't feel rich, even though that we are, is because the, the, the truth is, the truth is, for most of us, and this is certainly true of me, um, so I'm, I'm talking as much to me as I am to you, but see, most of us, most of us, we spend far too much time actually being focused on what it is that we don't have as opposed to actually being grateful for what it is that we do have. And so even though we are, I mean, even though we are compared, you know, rich compared to most people in the world, and, and even for many of us compared to many of the other people in our, our country, we, we don't oftentimes feel rich. And, and so what we're going to do together over the next several weeks is not talk about, you know, our richness. That would be, that would be pointless and silly. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, in light of this truth, in light of this thing which is actually true of us, even though we may not understand it or fully embrace it or, or even under, you know, mean what, understand that truth, in light of this thing that is true, what is it that Jesus was actually going to say to us? What is it that he wants to tell us in light of, of this very specific truth? And, and we're going to hopefully understand and get a better understanding of why it is, why it is the Apostle Paul says this to us, very specifically what he says in verse 18 where he says, command them to, to do good and to be rich in good deeds, in other words, to serve people, and be generous and be willing to share. So that's what we're going to do together over the course of the next several weeks. And today, what I want us to do, we're going to look at a section of Scripture that hopefully is going to get us to think, 
And maybe for some of us actually think a little bit differently about why it is the Apostle Paul says that to us and, and why it is very specifically that, that those of us who are followers of Jesus, why it is that we are to actually do good and to serve and be generous with those people around us. Now, if you're here today and you would not call yourself a Christian, okay, this is actually a great message for you to hear because you are probably already a generous person, But see, you might be a generous person for a very different reason, for a very different reason than why those of us who are Christians, why we are told to be generous and why we are called to be generous. And and what we hear in our world, we hear all kinds of different messages, especially right now. I mean, there's all kinds of talk, you know this, about, you know, tax cuts and tax policy and rich and poor and all of that. And so we always hear, especially at the holidays and around the holidays, all kinds of messages that try to motivate us to be generous and motivate us to try to be kind to other people. And specifically what we usually hear is, you know, kind and generous to those who are less fortunate than we are, right? Isn't that the, the language that we most typically hear? And again, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that in the New Testament, Jesus gives to us as his followers a very specific charge and a very specific reason why it is that we, why we are supposed to be exceptionally, extravagantly generous when it comes to our time and when it comes to our money. And it's not, it is not the reason that quite possibly you think. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so let me do this. Before we actually open up the scriptures together and kind of discover what the reason is, let me tell you what the reason is not right up front. See, the the reason why we as followers of Jesus, the reason why we are called to give and to serve and be generous and help other people is not because we have more than other people. That is not the reason why Jesus tells us to do this. And this is actually really important to understand because, see, in the first century, when the Apostle Paul wrote those words to that young pastor named Timothy, most of the time, most of the time, the Christians were actually the poorest people in society. And the reason why they were so poor was because living in a Roman territory, living in the empire of Rome, for a Christian meant that many of the times their jobs actually involved things like worshiping in an idol or, or a temple, sacrificing to an idol or other kinds of behaviors that Jesus just expressly forbid. And so many Christians just had to quit their jobs because they were so committed to the teachings of Jesus that they could not be employed in that way and at the same time follow Jesus. And so consequently, most groups of Christians together and most Christians individually were very, very poor. And yet the people living around the Christians, what they noticed was that these Christians, even though they were incredibly poor, they were also amazingly, amazingly generous. And that actually stood out to the people who were around them. And that, that fact, that fact of generosity about Christians, that actually continues in our world today. As a matter of fact, the, the Lilly School of Philanthropy, which is at Indiana State University, said this. We'll put it up on the screen. They actually said this. So this past year, they did a, discover, discover, a, a research project, and they discovered this truth. Um, Lilly School of Philanthropy, Indiana State. So this is, a secular, this is a secular thing, not a Christian thing. But they realized that this year, the United States, so this past year, is the only country to be ranked in the top ten of all three of the charitable giving behaviors that's covered by the World Giving Index, helping a stranger, volunteering time, and donating money. And so when they dug into that truth, again, this is, this is a true thing. 
when they dug into that truth, the other thing that they discovered was that there was actually a direct correlation, there was a direct relationship between how generous an individual is and how often that individual actually attends a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. What do you know? And so what they discovered is actually the very same thing that we're going to talk about today for the reason why, the reason why that is actually true. Because when you open up the scriptures and you read what it is that Jesus has to say to us as his followers about being generous and about serving other people, what we find is an attitude towards generosity that is completely unique compared to everything else in our culture. Because most of the time what we hear in culture is, again, this whole idea that because, because you have more, you should be so grateful for what it is that you have that you should give some of it away. But Jesus never says that. He never says that. And so if you are somewhat new to faith, or if you've been here just for a little while, and one of the things that you've noticed about us is there's always, it seems like there's always a group of people going somewhere to help somebody do something. And if you ever wondered, well, okay, why there are so many trips? Why are there so many service opportunities? Don't you people have enough to do already? You know, why is it you're just making yourself busier? If you've ever thought that, what we're going to look at today is going to help you understand why it is that we're a little bit crazy when it comes to some of this stuff, and why it is that we actually do what we do. Take out your Bibles, open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 6. Now, if you're using one of those Bibles in the seat back in front of you, then this is on page 1,601. Now, if you have done really any amount of reading of the things that Jesus says to us, you know that Jesus has this very interesting way of speaking that catches our attention pretty quick. He can say some things that really kind of stop us in our tracks. And this is, this is a pretty great example of that. Because in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27, Jesus says this. But I tell you who hear me. So Jesus is talking to all of us. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Now, every single one of us, when, when we hear this, I mean, if we're honest, we're like, okay, really, Jesus? I mean, do you, re- really? Jesus, I don't even, okay, here's the truth, Jesus. I don't, even, I don't even pray as much as I should for the people that I love. I mean, Jesus, the truth is, I often forget to pray for my friends. And so, Jesus, you're really, you're telling me that you want me to spend some of my time praying for my enemies? Jesus, you want me to take some of my time, some of my free time, my free time, you want me to take some of my free time and actually do good things? Not just for my friends, but for people who are my enemies? Are you serious, Jesus? Or at the very least, not even people who are going to reciprocate somehow and do something, something nice for me? I mean, really, Jesus, that, is this really... This, you're really serious about this? And so just to help us understand that he really is serious, Jesus goes on and he gives an illustration. He says in verse 29, If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic or, or your shirt. Verse 30, give to everyone who asks you. And it's like, okay, Jesus, have, just tell me, have you, ever, have you ever been downtown? I mean, just like once. 
Have you ever... Have you ever been downtown, Jesus? Really give to everyone who asks you. And, he says, if someone takes what belongs to you, do not demand. Do not demand it back. Now, I don't, I don't know how Jesus' audience, you know, how they responded to this when, when they first heard Jesus actually say this to them. But I know how this makes me feel when I read these words today and when I hear these words myself. And it's kind of like, okay... So how am I supposed to live, Jesus? Like, how, how am I supposed to survive? I mean, how, how, am I, how am I supposed to pay my bill? How am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to make a living, Jesus? When you say this to me, I'm like, how am I, how, how am I supposed to take care of, of my family, Jesus? And, and see, the truth is, Jesus knows. I mean, he knows this is what I'm thinking. He knows this is probably what you're thinking. He definitely knew this is what his audience was thinking. And now that Jesus kind of has us right where he wants us, right, he starts, to, he starts to, to speak into what it is that he really wants us to focus our attention on. And he kind of summarizes everything that he said in the next verse, in verse 31. And he says this, he says, Do to others as you, as you would have them do to you. And see, right there, right there, Jesus kind of like changes our attention, right? Because he understands what Jesus, see, what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to get us to change our thinking, isn't he? Because Jesus knows that we kind of think in these big, broad categories, we kind of make these extreme generalizations, we put everything into these nice little neat boxes, and Jesus kind of breaks through all of that. And he says, okay, well, what if, what if it were you? Who were in need. See, that's different, isn't it? Because listen, if I asked you for a coat and I needed a coat, I would just want you to give me a coat, right? I wouldn't want you to try to size me up and decide whether or not I really needed a coat or not, would I? I mean, I would just want you to trust that if I have a need, that, that I would be asking you for what it is that I need. See, my natural tendency, right, I think our natural tendency always whenever it comes to this whole idea of generosity and giving, my natural tendency is always to kind of size up the person and decide whether or not what they're asking me for is legitimate. And I think things like, okay, well, what, what are you going to do if I give this to you, right? I, I just think things like, well, if, if you would just work, you, you wouldn't have to ask, if you would just be more responsible, maybe, you know, then you wouldn't have to be asking me for this stuff, right? See, isn't that just what we do naturally? But Jesus says, okay, well, what if it were you? What if it were you who would need, was in need? I, I just, Jesus says, I just want you to do for others what you would want them to do for you. Because, see, Jesus knows, right? He, he knows that when it comes to this whole issue of generosity, really the person that's asking me or the person that I'm serving, that's not the issue, is it? Because Jesus says, okay, what if it were you who are asking? And see, right there, I mean, if we just kind of stop right there, right, if we just kind of ended sermon here, I mean, already that's kind, of a, that's, that's kind of an interesting argument, isn't it? It's kind of a compelling argument. I mean, what if it were you? What if it were me that were in need? 
We just want someone to do what we're asking. But Jesus, he doesn't stop there, and he actually continues, and he says, okay, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And it's like, okay, wait, wait a minute, Jesus, credit. Where did, where did this come from? Where, where did the idea, credit with who? What are you talking about, Jesus? I wasn't trying to get credit for anything. Jesus, I was just trying to make sure that what I gave, you know, that that was actually, that was actually needed. I, I, was just trying to be, I was just trying to be responsible. What, what do you mean, credit? If you do good to those who are good to you, which is, you know, what I do. I don't know about you. But if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? To you, even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, which is just like, okay, well, I mean, that, that's just, again, being responsible with what I have, right, Jesus? If you lend to those who ex- from whom you expect repayment, then what credit is that to you? And it's like, okay, Jesus, let me get this straight. You're saying that somehow... I am supposed to love those people who don't love me. I'm supposed to give and serve people who can't give anything back to me. And I'm supposed to loan to those people who cannot repay what it is that they've borrowed from me. And if I don't do this, I'm not getting any credit. Credit with who, exactly? Credit, credit for what? He continues, he says this, even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. Now, it's really important that when we read this text, this whole section of text, when we hear that term sinners, Jesus isn't being derogatory with this term. It's not a pejorative term in this setting. What he's saying is, is that you don't have to believe in God to do any of these things. Any, anybody Anybody, you don't have to believe in God to loan something to somebody that can actually repay what it is that they've, they, they've borrowed. He's saying every, anybody, everybody can do that. And, and notice as Jesus is kind of, of building his case for why it is that we, you know, why it is that we, as his followers, why we are to serve and to give and to be generous. Nowhere in here has Jesus said anything about things being fair, has he? He's never once brought that up. He's never once brought up the fairness card. He's never once said, you have more than they do. Right? None of that's even come up. And he doesn't use any, any, any guilt here at, at all. Right? He, instead, he actually kind of changes the whole argument around because he introduces this idea of credit. Verse 35, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Now, again, let's pause here for just a second. And you, eyes up here, you can just let this, you need some time to let this one sink in. Um, for me, if I'm honest, when I first started getting involved with serving and giving and mission opportunities, especially doing stuff downtown or, or going to places and helping in some kind of hard situations, this was probably the part for me that was the most difficult, okay, if I'm honest. And so this is a little bit of confession here on my part. 
it wasn't so hard to, you know, give some money, okay, I can do that, but when it came to giving my time and, and some of my tangible stuff, this is kind of where I struggled, because my thought was always kind of like, well, if they're not changing, then, you know, why am I doing this? Right? If they're not getting to be more responsible, then, you know, aren't I just kind of enabling their bad behavior? That was kind of what was going on in my heart at that time. And see, the truth is, those aren't bad questions to ask. Those aren't bad things. That's not wrong. It's just Jesus is telling us that as his followers, he does not want that to be the primary reason why. Why it is that we, as his followers, why it is that we give? Why it is that we serve? And why it is that we lend? See, Jesus says, I I don't want you to give and serve and lend because you expect something to come back to you in some way. Even when what you expect back is change. Even when what you expect back is more responsibility. See, this is hard, isn't it? This is not an easy thing that Jesus is saying to any of us. Look at verse 35 again. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High God, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So so Jesus, what you're saying to me really is the reason that you actually want me Personally, Jesus, the reason you want me as an individual to give and to lend and to serve is because that's what God does? Jesus, are you saying that all of this really is actually about me as an individual becoming more like like you personally, Jesus? Is that what you're saying? And Jesus says, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. The reason we give and the reason we serve, it isn't because we have more. It's not because you know, we're trying to spread the wealth. I mean, that's not at all what Jesus is talking about in this text. Instead, what Jesus says is, listen, I, I want you and I want you and I want you to be extraordinarily generous because I, because I am extraordinarily generous generous and and you are my followers and since you are my followers then i want you to be as extraordinarily generous as i am see jesus says listen what i want people to see in the people who are my followers is a reflection of me and the best reflection of me that they can see is actually extraordinary generosity Verse 36, be merciful, Jesus says, just as your Father is merciful. See, this is really important because Jesus is saying, listen, when I see someone who is in need, I am to be merciful not because of their need. This is really important to understand. But because God has been merciful to me. See, this is a game changer because, listen, if I'm supposed to be as merciful to you as based on my perception 
of your need, right? Then the, the, the truth is, you know, maybe I'm going to be this merciful. But, but if I'm supposed to be as merciful to you as I feel that God has been merciful to me, then I'm going to be this merciful because I am aware of how much mercy I have needed in my life. And I am so aware of how much grace I have needed in my life. And I am so keenly aware of how much forgiveness that I have needed in my life. And so if I am to do for you, not, not what I think you can do for me, and if I am to do for you, not, not what I can size up about you based on my perception of you, but if I am to do for you what my Heavenly Father has actually done for me, what Jesus has done for me, then suddenly I am a much more generous person and I am a much more grace-filled person and I am a much more merciful person. I'm even... I'm even a more forgiving person. Because, see, the truth is, the truth is this is not about me doing something for you. No, this is about me, to the best of my ability, reflecting, reflecting what it is that my Heavenly Father has already done for me through Jesus. And see, in the very first century in the church, the people who lived in the vicinity of Christians, they were absolutely amazed at what it is that Jesus' followers did because of this teaching of Jesus. And see, when they scratched below the surface of what could only be described as ridiculous amounts of generosity, what they found was not about redistribution. It wasn't about you know, trying to be fair. It wasn't about trying to spread the wealth. It wasn't even about, I see your great need. Instead, it was actually far richer. It was far deeper than any of those things. What they found was that this was about how could I do anything less in light of what it is that Jesus has already done for me. Because listen, I needed a lot of mercy and, 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 and I can't give Jesus mercy, but I can give you mercy. See, I needed a lot of grace and I can't give Jesus grace, but I can give, I can give you grace. See, when they understood the reason for the generosity they saw, it was unlike anything that they had ever seen. And then Jesus says, then you will be like your Father in heaven. Verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you, you will not be condemned. Joe, I'm not asking you to serve them because they deserve to be served. I mean, Joe, did you deserve to be served? Joe, I'm not asking you to make a judgment about them based on their lifestyle or their habits. I'm just asking you to do for them what it is that I did for you personally when I loved you anyway, when I gave you the gift of salvation anyway. See, the truth is this isn't really about you know, them at all, is it? No, this is, this is about my God and me. And to the best of my ability, 
me reflecting what it is that God has already done for me. This is about be, me being more like the way he is. Because again, remember, if God's expectation of me is to show you mercy based on my estimation of your need for mercy, then the truth is, there's just not going to be that much mercy. Because I don't know you the way I know me. But if God's expectation of me is to be as merciful to you as he has been to me, if that's the lens of generosity that we're supposed to have as the followers of Jesus, then, then, then all of a sudden, right, my generosity bucket, it gets a whole lot bigger, doesn't it? It gets a whole lot deeper. Because where does God's mercy towards me end? Where does God's generosity towards me end? See, this is later on, this is why in the same section of Scripture we find Jesus kind of explaining this idea, and he says this, that those who have been forgiven much love much. And so we can kind of expand that out a, a bit, right? I mean, that those who have received a lot of mercy, they tend to be more merciful. And those people who, who are more aware of the grace they have received from God, they tend to be more grace-filled. And the more aware that we become individually and personally that every good and perfect thing that comes into our lives, that actually comes from our Heavenly Father, then we also realize, you know, who, who, who am I? Who am I to try to hold on to all of that just for myself? See, do you know what the greatest opportunity is that we have as followers of Jesus, to actually evangelize in our, in our modern world. It, it is over-the-top amounts of just ridiculous generosity. I mean, the kind of generosity that makes people say, okay, you know, why would you do that, really? I mean, didn't you give it the office already or something? I mean, really, you would give that? You're telling me you would actually take, you would tell me, that you're telling me you would actually take a week of vacation? You're going to take two weeks of vacation? You're telling me that you're going to shut down your business for a couple of weeks so you don't have any income whatsoever, and then on top of that, you're going to actually pay money to go help people that you don't even know? Are you kidding me? You would really do that? And you can say yes. Yes, because that's just, that's, just, that's just my way, because I'm, I'm just so grateful for what it is for what it is that Jesus has already done for me. That's just kind of my way of doing for somebody else what it is that Jesus has already done for me. That, that is the New Testament reason for generosity. Verse 38, let's wrap up with this. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, and then I'm inserting these two words because this is kind of the context of the verse, with the measure you use towards others, it will be measured to you. See, Jesus says, listen, I want all of us, I want you who hear me to learn to think differently when it comes to generosity, because when you learn to give and to serve in this way, Jesus says, you will actually be like your Father in heaven. And listen, that should stop us in our tracks. Because that is one of just a very few things in all the scriptures, very few times in all the scriptures, where we're actually told that if we want to be more like God, 
then this is what you do. That is very rare to find anywhere in the scriptures. So that should catch our attention. And again, listen, the reason that we give, the reason that we're generous is because we're grateful. But we're not grateful for what it is that we have. We are grateful for what it is that we have been given through Jesus who actually forgives us our sin. Who forgives us our sin and who said, you will never, you can never empty the bucket of grace and love and mercy that I have for you personally. And when you understand that, Jesus says, the only thing I want, the only thing I ask, is that you go and do for others what I have done for you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, for all of us here today, if we were to somehow sit down and try to make a list of just the things that we know about that you have blessed us with or the ways that you have been generous to us. Father, I think every single one of us, uh, we could just, we could spend a, a very long time doing that. And, and yet, Father, the truth is, is that for, for many of us, we may not even know, we may not even be aware of all the things that you've actually done in our lives to show us your grace and show us your love and, and your mercy. And so, Father, as we spend these next few weeks together talking about this, this big subject of, of generosity and how it, it impacts all of our hearts and makes us feel all kinds of weird and different things, Father, my prayer is that you would be the one who speaks to us individually. First, that you would help us to see and to know how you've blessed us through Jesus. And then also, show us the ways where we can actually be a blessing to those people who are around us, especially people who need to be reminded and people who need to be told about who you really are as their Heavenly Father. And Father, we do know that your grace for us is unending. And so we ask that you'd hear us as we take these next few moments and as we personally and silently confess our sin to you. The good news of the gospel is that your Savior's love for you, his grace for you, and his mercy for you, it is truly limitless. And so each of you, you are forgiven in Jesus' name and by his blood. Amen.